the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com. Hey, this is Frazier with Lead Pops and Next Level, and I'm proud to present this episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Lead Pops is the industry's only future-proof growth solution. You can check us out at leadpops.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to the next Next Level Loan Officers podcast. This is episode 201, joined here in the virtual Next Level studio with my fellow co-founder and coach, Mr. Sean Z. Sean, what's up, my man? Man, I'm just excited to be here after after number 200. Uh, just getting released, you know, so few podcasts make it that far. And uh, to make it another step further is just an honor to be doing this with you, Kellen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. We got a mastermind around the corner. We do. want to... Like you just locked down at another event that uh, that we were at a little extra special something after the mastermind for our people. You know, Sean, uh, we did. We are all about value, and so a dear friend of ours, who many people already know. I mean, we don't need to introduce or give much detail. Then, Mr. David Luna with MEC. If you have done your CE and had to sit through that, you have stared at David Luna's face for eight hours as you did your education. And I'll tell you, nobody does a better job of presenting that information than David and his team. Actually, this year did it, did a live class, like a live Zoom class, different instructor, but equally as uh, informative and great. So, you know, those things are such a pain to sit through, but if you got to do it, MEC is the place to do it. Well, Dave, uh, David Luna is going to be at our event in April. He's not only going to present a little market update, but also uh, going to be offering a CE class the next day. So you can come hang out with us uh, at our uh, all community meetup mastermind event and then stay and knock out eight hours of CE and be done for the year. Man, how, how about that? How about being done with CE in April? That'd be pretty cool. Man, what another great reason to, to come hang out with your next level boys. Let's go. Let's do it. Y- you know, Sean, you and I, um, well, I, I want to say this. First of all, if, if you haven't listened to the 200th episode, go back, check that one out. There were some great nuggets. Uh, it was awesome information. So what a, what a fun look back at where we were and where we are today uh, that we've come in these, these 200 episodes. So first of all, thank you to all of our listeners for uh, your support, downloading and listening to our podcast. We appreciate you. And listen, if you're not part of the Next Level community, it's only $197 a month. You can come in, hang out, see us almost every day in the in there. So uh, anyway, but what we were talking about earlier, Sean, before we uh, got to jumping on this podcast was, <clears throat> you know, the, listen, t- times are a little challenging for loan officers right now, to say the least. I, I made the comment to uh, fellow Next Level co-founder Ken Travis as we were traveling back somewhere. I said, you know, it would be really nice if we could have like just like three or four days in a row where the market didn't move, like, wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) Or or I said, you know, it's uh, you know, it's bad when a 20 basis point day is no big deal or that's feels good. Right. I mean, 18 months ago, we would have lost our minds with a 20 basis point move. And now you're like, Oh wow. Well, that's not as bad as it could be. So listen, there's a lot of kind of just, 
there's a lot of challenges out there right now. And, and I know a lot of loan officers are stressed. And we, we talked about this. We, we had Thomas Frank on. We talked about some of the realities of the market. And, uh, and sometimes when rates move like they do, it can create a, a really kind of a unfortunate and a challenging situation with borrowers, with realtors, uh, referral partners. I have uh, an agent I'm working with right now, and we got her pre-qualified. This is the agent. She's representing herself. Pre-qualified, well, that was 10 days ago. Rates are significantly different now. It's just hard conversations. But I, you you shared one you've had recently, and, and I just want to kind of talk through, you know, how to execute a hard conversation, right? How to how to own it, how to um, press into it. We always talk about that, you know, learning is is uh, pressing into areas that are uncomfortable. And, uh, and you had brought up a great example. So tell your story and kind of just talk through a little bit about, you know, some of those uncomfortable conversations. Well, so so, so there's two um, in, in particular. There's, there's a general one. So at the beginning of February, we were all in this euphoric state, you know, rates peaked at the beginning of November and had just, I mean, they'd come down a point and a half. We were in those high fives feeling good about interest rates. Like, like we were like, Oh man, you can lock a loan today at five, eight, seven, five. Life was good. And then the jobs number came out <laughs> and it, I think was expected to be one eighty seven and was like five thirteen or something. It was basically triple. Um, and so rates went in the blink of an eye. I, I didn't have the conversation with people on Friday. Wanted to see what happened on Monday. Rates had moved. We're moving yep. up again. I'm like, okay, I've got to call all these borrowers. I had five people that were floating at the time. Because at that time, we, we were continuing to have better than expected CPI numbers. And the market was just like moving in, a, in that kind of sentiment. And in two days, the entire market sentiment changed. And so I called all, all five of the borrowers that were floating. And was just like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what happened. Here's why it happened. You know, if things get a lot better, uh, you'll get half the gains back. Uh, we can do a float down for you. If they don't, you're just going to get whatever the rate is. I don't feel good. It's my advice that you should lock right now. And four of the five took my advice and, and locked in. And the biggest thing, Kellen, you know what every one of them said to me? What's that? They weren't mad. Oh. They weren't upset. They didn't blame me for the rates moving. Mm. They said, thank you. Interesting. Like I, I just had the count, you know, because if I would have waited another two weeks, yep. we'd have been talking about mid sixes. And then if I would have waited after that, we would have been talking high sixes and 7% on interest rate. Like, you know, it would have just, and then all of a sudden they'd have been like, well, dude, how did it jump a point? Well, I just waited, you know, I just, I was just, I was hoping Rates right. trying to come down. They didn't. Now you're screwed. That's a hard conversation to have. You know, <clears throat> I used to work with a guy and he would say this often. He said, it's not good news or bad news. It's just the news, right? It's just is what it is sometimes. And, you know, you have to, uh, you have to own up to that and you have to have those conversations. I I'll tell you something else. And this is, I'll give credit to the great uh, Steve Vaughn. And if you're not familiar with that, that's um, my father uh, who <clears throat> was a COO most of his life. But he said, I never met a problem that got better with age. And uh, that was always a, a, what he would say to me as a kid whenever I had a challenge. 
And so I think, and he's a hundred percent right. The best thing to do when a challenge or a situation like that comes up where you've got to make those difficult phone calls. And we can expand this, Sean, into not only rates, but let's talk about underwriting challenges. Let's talk about I got one of those. Okay. You can, so you can tell your story just a second, but, but <laughs> it's, it's all of those. And what loan officers tend to do, right, is kind of bury their head in the sand, hope it's going to get better, pretend it's going to go away when in fact, the reality is it only makes it worse. So confronting that head on, tackling it early and owning it are the two biggest things. And I think you you were telling me that was the biggest deal with uh, kind of the situation that you've got that you're going to tell us about was really owning the mistake. Yeah. Or so, challenge. So, so we had we had another one. So I, I was, you know, I've been doing mortgages now for, for 21 years and uh, decided to leave the retail world and, and go and open my own broker shop last year. And there's positives in being a broker and there's negatives in being a broker. It just as there's positives in being a retail and negatives in being a retail. And so, and so, so here's one of the negatives like of being a broker. Like whenever there was a mess up on a file uh, in my retail days, we just relocked it with a different investor. Everything stayed the same, but close that puppy is no big deal. Well, now if there's an issue on a file, you know, it's got to go back to a new investor to, to get underwritten. And, uh, and so we, in, in the 21 years that I've been in the mortgage industry, I've never had title, not prepare a marital waiver, uh, when two people were not going to take title to a house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So evidently in my great state of Missouri here in like 2018, 2019, the rule changed. If it was a purchase money transaction, uh, the spouse did not need to sign a marital waiver and did not need to sign any of the documents uh, because the mortgage is in first lien position and then the the tide of the spouse would have been in second lien position. So they didn't mess up title that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the processor at the title company missed that and didn't ask about the marital waiver because it just said separated. Um, my processor didn't uh, bring it up. She just assumed the ex was going to take title because they owned a bunch of other properties together. Soon to be ex was going to take title. And I didn't be like, Hey, there's no way that he wants her on title. We should definitely get a marital waiver. So at least three, probably 10 people who should have raised their hands and said, Hey, uh, like we, is this going to be taken care of? Right. Uh, so day of closing, we realized this and, uh, and the investor that I was with at the time wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't there, they had an overlay they would not allow for uh, a marital waiver uh, not to be executed. It had to be executed to close. And, and so of course, you know, everybody's mad. Now it was a testament to the title company, uh, the buyer, the uh, buyer's agent, like everybody was just like, okay, cool. So what do we do next? Uh, I've had another investor right away who I knew uh, would do it. I, I, I talked to them. And so we get on the phone with the listing agent, listing agents like flying off the handle, this and that, like, I, I think they're one of those people, Kellen, you know, in a real estate transaction where it's like, somebody has got to make something a big deal. Yes. Just, Never in my 15 years have I ever heard of something like this. Yeah. So did they say that they had a cash offer standing by that they were ready to go to? Well, 
her her husband, who's the broker of a Remax office, and I, and I just wanted to be like, congratulations, Remax will give anybody a franchise who pays them. Um, and uh, the so so I'm talking to them. They're like, well, I don't know if we can. I'm like, I guess I can close this in ten days or less. Like, your buy your seller doesn't have anyone else to do this. And she's like, well, you know, and the buyer wanted to move stuff in early and this and that. And I was just like, you know, Sharon. So that that was her name. And I was like, Sharon. Uh, Listen, I've already accepted 100% responsibility for this. Like, this is my fault. You don't need mm-hmm. to blame the buyer for wanting to move stuff in or the fact that four times the listing agent or the buyer's agent presented you with a different offer to do this. It's like, it's my fault. So it's, so she kind of like flies off this handle. Okay, then it's your fault. It's 100% your fault. And correct. You know, lo and behold, the, they posture a bunch on the phone. The next day we get the the contract addendum um, with it executed for 10 more days. But the coolest thing about all that was is that after the phone, uh, the buyer's agent, uh, him and I are both calling each other. And and one thing, I, I showed my colors a little bit. I, uh, I said, you know, uh, his name's Joe. And I was like, Joe, you don't know me, but I would headbutt somebody right now. And... Uh, and so we, we had a good laugh and, you know, he was like, he said the same thing on it as well. Uh, so, so it was, it was a little bit funny with how that transpired, but he was like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate that we handed yourself on that phone call. It takes a lot to impress me. And, uh, um, and I just wanted to tell you that, uh, cause the buyer knew him and the buyer knows me. And so that's how we're doing this transaction together. Mm-hmm. But because this deal messed up, because I definitely had some responsibility not bringing something up. I have a better chance now of actually getting a new referral partner. Yeah, hundred percent. And so it's life's about having these difficult conversations. But that what what did the great Mister Vaughn say again? Uh, no problem gets better with age. Is that no what? Pro- that's it. No problem gets better with age. Yeah. yeah. And of course, they, they you know they were mad because they were like, "Well, how long do you know about this?" And I was like, "Well." I was like, literally, we found out a few hours ago, and that's why, <laughs> why you're finding out now. I mean, right? Yeah. I could have found out earlier. I should have found out three weeks ago. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. That won't happen again. Yeah. Well, and and listen, you know, it's like, it's like all you can do is own it. And if if people still have a challenge with that, then they then so be it. And and the reality too is that if you're any type of professional in this in this business, title agent, insurance agent realtor, listing agent, buyer's agent, loan officer, whatever. This it's just how it goes sometimes. Sometimes it just gets squirrely, right? And and that's okay, right? That's that's kind of just the world it is and and you know, uh, you make a mistake, you own it. You ask for forgiveness and and you move on. But I think to your point, when you do that, when you own that, I think you show a lot to your referral partners. I think you show them that, you know, hey, he's on our side. He didn't give up. We got the deal closed. And that's what ultimately matters at the end of the day. And I'll tell you, man, I've had my best referral partners. In fact, I had an agent that I was talking with this morning in my office. And I said, listen, I said, I've been doing this a long time. And I like to work with people that that I like to work with, right? I like to work with people who are team players, and and because that's what it is. This is a team sport. And if you drop the ball, I'm 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 more than happy to help pick it up and run with it. 
And likewise, if something happens on our end, let's work together and figure something out rather than pile on with blame, you know, and things like that. And, and again, professional agents, ones that do more than two deals a year, they get it. They understand it. And, uh, and usually I find that those agents that complain the loudest usually are the ones that do the least amount of business. Oh yeah. And then they were like, you know, well, what are you going to give my sellers? Yeah. We, we, it, part of, part of the thing is we, we moved up the closing date a week to because so he could move things in cause they wouldn't sign the addendum about letting him put some furniture in the garage. Yeah. And, uh, so that, so that, that was all funny in the first place. And then they they're like, well, my sellers, they're going to need, they're going to need something from you for mm-hmm. doing this. And I was like, okay, guys, like, you know, is there some, you know, the buyers already put the utilities in his name. I'm like the HOA fees. Now they're actually pretty expensive. It's this happens to be a, a like a single family condo setup. So the mm-hmm. HOA fees are like six or 700 bucks a month. I'm like, do you, I was like, I'll pay the proration. So I'm going to pay like 10 days of taxes for the year. I'm going to pay about 10 days of HOA. Um, and, uh, you know, but well, Good for you. You're a better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know what? It's the reality is you make a business decision, right? And you decide if that's what you want to do or if it's not what you want to do. So good for you for uh, owning that situation. And listen, <clears throat> you guys are listening to this, you loan officers, you've all had these situations. This isn't anything new, no. but the the point of this conversation is just let, let's be professional, Right. We're in an adverse market right now. We're in a challenging market that there's a lot of potholes on the road. Everything from you may have a wholesale lender that goes out of business. You may have a retailer that, you know, your company may go out of business that you've got to file with. You've got rates that are that are skyrocketing. Um, you know, we're, we're back down here. I, I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth. We're back to multiple offers, bidding over ask. Like it's, listen, it is a, it is a rocky road. And so challenges are going to come up and it's how we attack those challenges. It's how we handle them. It's how we interact with others. That's going to make us the winners in the end. So the encouragement here, the lesson of this podcast is own it, own it early, own it up front and just take responsibility for it, rip the bandaid off and then fix it. Right. It's one thing to own it. It's another thing to say, Hey, listen, here's the problem my mistake, I'm owning it. Here's my solution to fix it. X, Y, and Z, right? That's a powerful message coming from anybody. I mean, it's hard to get mad at somebody who says, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Here's my plan to fix it. Thank you for your patience, right? Like I can live with that. So that's the encouragement. That's the word of the day. That's the thought. And hopefully that, uh, you know, provides a little bit of relief or some thoughts to some of you loan officers out there. Yeah. And the quicker that you own it, the better the chance that you have of making always. new friends and new referral relationships out of it, y'all. Always, always, always. Yeah. And Ken talks about this all the time. Like, just don't bury your head in the sand. It's not going to go away. <laughs> like, that problem's <laughs> going to get worse. And it's going to get worse. And in fact, just having this conversation reminds me that I probably have a file I need to go lock or uh, <laughs> uh, call of a, a borrower. Just based on today's rates but well hey sean i appreciate you uh joining us today thank you everybody and uh, listen if you haven't checked out that 200th episode go back one take a quick listen and if you're not part of next level join us you can come to our uh all community meetup and mastermind 
that's in April, end of April. Um, just join the group. It's 197 bucks a month. You can uh, check that out over at becomenl.com. Again, becomenl.com. That's where we hang out. We hope to see you there. Sean, thanks again. We'll Peace talk out, to you friends. Soon. See you guys.